Monday night. You know what we do. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, and we have this show that we do called Deep Focus. I invite a guest into the studio, and that guest chooses a topic, and we plunge into the WKCR archives and find, with any luck, live unreleased recordings of the artist of the guest's choosing. And the guest tonight, I'm so happy to have back in the studio, Brian Charette. I'm happy to be here. This is one of my favorite places to be. It's a great place, man. It's it a feels great place. Com- I wish I could do it a lot. It feels very comfortable. We've done a bunch of these. Feels safe for New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had to get through security. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's a slight measure of <laughs> barrier out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but that allows us to be wide open with, with our audience. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, I don't know if, uh, in case people aren't familiar with you, you have, I'm gonna say, I don't want to overstate it, but kind of breathed a new life and energy into organ in this world. And there's... Well, it depends who you asked. For some people, <laughs> <laughs> not so much. <laughs> well, you know, the haters, they always, they it always ha- come It can around. happen. It can happen. But... Um, and this topic, I, um, I'm going to ask you to share with us uh, who we're going to be focusing on tonight and, and maybe a little bit of your thinking going into this. Okay. So tonight we are going to speak about Jimmy Smith, who uh, is you mean James the, Oscar Smith. The Incredible? The Incredible Jimmy Smith. And, uh, of course, if you play the organ, you know Jimmy Smith you know, kind of the big thing about him is he is kind of the first person to really popularize the percussion sound of the organ. I'm not expert about this, but I believe it. the percussion comes on in 1955. And if you listen to like early Jimmy Smith recordings, he's playing a very different setting for the organ. After Jimmy Smith, after the percussion and Jimmy Smith come out and get very popular, um, it changed the way the organ was played completely. Before that, organ is played a lot with the pedals for the bass. He kind of switched it to the left hand with the feet kind of pumping the pedals, which was a totally different technique. His sound was completely different, and it's why he got so popular uh, so fast. And basically, everyone who came after him, Jack McDuff, Jimmy McGriff, all of these people were in some way, Lonnie Smith too, taking very much from his vocabulary and from his sounds of the organ. So he's monumentally important person uh, for the Hammond B3. And he was a huge star. 
Yes. Through, starting with the 50s, mm-hmm. with the Blue Note label. Mm-hmm. Then he moved to Verve, and they really did quite a job. He had him. a great career. You yeah. know, I don't even know how many albums he has. Maybe he has 50 oh, albums. It's a lot of albums. Yeah. And they're all pretty great and highly regarded, you know, and uh, yeah. So when we started to talk a month ago or so, I was getting very into transcribing Jimmy Smith, especially during this time period that we're going to be talking about, which I had not really done before. Um, I have a great friend named Darren Heinrich, who's an organist who wrote his PhD on Jimmy Smith. Wow. And was kind enough to let me see the copy, um, his thesis um, and he's talking about Jimmy Smith's earlier period, and he has transcriptions, which I studied with great interest, of course. And so after I was revisiting those materials, I wanted to dive a little bit into this period, which very little is actually spoken about. Interesting. Um, and he has a very different style to me, and I guess we got to check what your organ grinder swing is, but that's actually my favorite Jimmy Smith recording, uh, studio recording. <laughs> I also just played this B3 that he would play on all of those recordings last year. So that really... Wow. My new record was recorded at Van Gelder, which is where he was playing. So this also really piqued my interest um, in the sounds that he was getting. And playing that instrument, I mean, you can really hear it. You know? Really? I thought so. I felt the most thing that I could hear was the way the drum sound in the drum room sounded like a Blue Note record for me, even though everything is very different. Um, but yeah, I th- the sound of the studio was still amazing. Um, Maureen Sickler, is that Rudy's uh, protege? She's the engineer, yeah. incredible yeah. engineer. It's my favorite sounding record of all the ones that I've done. So it had a profound impact on yeah. me. To be there. Um, so that has brought us to here. I was really interested in studying these things, and we started talking about it, and here we are. I want to backtrack just a little bit about something you said, and then we'll talk about the music we're going to hear. Uh, tell us about that percussion. Percussion on the organ, and I'm not expert about when this comes to be, but it was, you know, organs I think were starting to be produced in 1929, which is early. And you have organists, a whole slew of organists before Jimmy Smith. And I think a lot of people don't know that. But you have people like Ethel Smith, the original Latin from Manhattan. That's where the saying comes from. It's for Ethel Smith, who was very attractive, uh, Hammond organist. She wore like Chantilly lace. She, was, she had like this snarl when she played. She was in a very famous movie in the 50s. I can't remember the title. Earlier than that. Uh, maybe early 50s. We did it, the first Deep Focus we did. Right. It was Ethel Smith. Yeah. Right. Do you remember the name of the movie? I can't um. either. <laughs> anyway, Milt Buckner, um, Wild Bill Davis. Oh, yes. And I think Wild Bill Davis was very influential. I think he was kind of the bridge between those early... Hammond organists and what would be Jimmy Smith. Count Basie. Count Basie also, of course, great organist. Um, It was many people who played the organ and there were many different models, but none of them had this percussion sound. That was, that's a thing in itself, isn't it? I mean, there were Wurlitzer organs. There were all these many different different kinds of organs. Yeah. Wurlitzer is kind of the theater organ and had a very different um, style and stops. The Hammond had a very, particular sound and by the time jimmy smith comes along it's being used in a way that was very counter to what it was originally um 
thought up for. It was supposed to be a smaller alternative to a pipe organ. You know, the organist played the bass with all of their feet, uh, all of their feet. <laughs> <laughs> they played the bass all with their feet. <laughs> this is especially true of Milt Buckner. And Jimmy Smith starts to walk the bass line in his left hand like a bass player and to use the pedals to accent the beginning of each note to get the attack. And with the advent of this percussion sound, um, has a very famous drawbar setting, which is the three drawbars out and the third um, harmonic of percussion on. Percussion is also made naturally with the drawbars if you pull the first black drawbar out from the left. There's two harmonics for percussion, basically. A second one, which is kind of a woody sound, made very popular by Melvin Rhine on those West Montgomery records. Um, and the third harmonic, which is made very popular by Jimmy Smith, uh, Jack McDuff, and Jimmy McGriff, Lonnie Smith. Um, and they started to play more bebop lines and more more lines, really, because before that, when you listen to Wild Bill Davis, it's very chordal. Even with Count Basie, it's very chordal. It's a very different kind of sound. Um, the speaker is not spinning. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Well, first of all, Hammond organ originally came with a tone cabinet. Don Leslie and Lorenz Hammond hated each other. And they that. were in court. I think Lorenz made the Hammond so you couldn't even hook up a Leslie for it for a little while. But they were not. Lorenz did not like the sound of the Leslie. The Leslie, of course, has spinning horn and bass rotor, which create this kind of very famous Doppler effect, which now is totally associated with the Hammond organ. It's hard to find a Hammond organ without a Leslie speaker now. But at a time, it was a little frowned upon by Lorenz, the inventor wow. of the Hammond so, organ. And just if you if you haven't really looked, you probably you see an organ player. You're used to seeing that big hulking machine. Square box in the back, yeah. Working with his hands and feet, mm -hmm. as Brian's saying. But also, if you look just off to the side, there's this cabinet, wooden cabinet, mm -hmm. the size of... Uh, a, a piece of furniture. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> and, and if you look, you will actually see the mm -hmm. horn rotating around and it creates mm -hmm. that sonic effect. Mm -hmm. And um, that's and called the Leslie Cabinet. That's called the Leslie Cabinet. And that was very big sound for Wild Bill Davis. When you hear that big shouty stuff, the Leslie is spinning. Jimmy Smith, not that he never used the Leslie, but he would almost put it on break. And he stopped using vibrato. And it was really about this percussion sound. And it was very new sound. Uh, that says first album is called The New Sound, A New Star, right? It was yeah, the yeah, first yeah. Jimmy Smith album, even though percussion wasn't invented quite yet. But uh, he really changed the way the organ was played in general. And this is why he's so important. Also a virtuoso. Well, I couldn't have been happier about it. I kind of felt like I was a little amazed when you suggested Jimmy Smith. How could we not have done this one before? And in fact, nobody has called for Jimmy Smith. Uh-huh. Well, Which, even we were talking before, this was not my biggest influence when I started to play organ. Even though I've always loved Jimmy Smith, I was listening a lot to Melvin Ryan, Don Patterson, and Jack McDuff, um, who were my favorite guys. And I've just recently been, okay, <laughs> especially in this period that we're talking about, um, I'm so interested in now in my study of organ music, which I can't say that I'm like slaving away for hours a day, but I've, I have a transcription here that I got from, this is from Blues for Jay, 
which is around the city. This is on organ grinder swing. And this is, to me, a lot of the harmonic and rhythmic material that we're going to hear in the stuff that we're going to listen to tonight. I'm so excited about this. And uh, once again, the WKCR archives came through. And we've got a few really remarkable recordings from the mid and late 60s. And uh, you want to introduce this set? Are you going to do the London one first? Oh, we could. I had the it's, it's Paris not... one queued up. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um... Actually, the London one, London one doesn't sound quite as good as the other two. Okay. But it's interesting. So do I pronounce this Salier Playel? Sal Playel. Metro Paris, 1968. Soundboard recording. <clears throat> Jimmy Smith on B3, Nathan Page on guitar, and Donald Bailey on drums, who I really love with Jimmy Smith on Rockin' the Boat. And they play a lot of cool tunes on this. Yeah. I think that soundboard might be a bit misleading. It's I'm pretty sure it's a radio uh-huh. broadcast uh-huh. recording, actually, which mm-hmm. is significantly better than a soundboard recording. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Sal Playel is a, it's a big uh, venue. I think it's more of a classical venue. Even. Uh-huh. I mean, this is like he's touring the continent doing, you mm-hmm. know, significant places sure. and bringing a lot of people through. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to say the first couple pieces that we're going to hear? Sure. You want to play from the beginning? Absolutely. Okay. So the first one is Sunny, um, which all of us here still play on organ gigs. And by the time I get to Phoenix, that's the most recorded song in history, right? These are, I didn't know that. I would definitely believe that. Jimmy Webb, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, And I saw him do it at Tramps. Remember Tramps? Yeah. Super sure. show. Wow. Well, these these are pretty much all of them big hit songs that mm-hmm. you would hear on the radio at that time, like mainstream pop radio. Mm-hmm. And um, But of course, he's bringing his own thing to it. Mm-hmm. Misty, Misty is, uh, when I was listening, that's old folks, not Misty, so that's mismarked track six. But I got my mojo working's a famous one. Satin Doll is a famous cut from Organ Grinder Swing. All right, we're going in. The show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. My guest is guest is Brian Charette, and our topic is Jimmy Smith. This is a recording from November of 1968 at Sal Playel Metro in Paris, Jimmy Smith Trio. It's Deep Focus on WKCR. Now, see if we can get this uh, tracking like we should, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Here it comes. Thank you. 
are at the Sal Playel. Oh, they're loving them. They're loving them in Paris. And it is... Uh, the show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. And I have the great pleasure of being here with Brian Charette. Oh, it's my pleasure. Brian has been regaling me. I got to ask you to backtrack a little bit. Brian, we've been we've been kind of doing a little play-by-play here. Mm-hmm. There is so much going on. There is. In what Jimmy Smith is doing and I have to admit I'd be digging it, but I would not have anywhere near the nuance of understanding that I'm getting hearing you talking about. Well, you know, I listened to this music for years loving it, not going knowing what's going on either and about two months ago, I said, it's time to figure it out, you know? Wow. So I started to try to, and you know, he has things that he does in all of his periods. We were talking about the earlier period and my friend uh, Darren's dissertation, um, which you can find, it's on an, everywhere. His name is Heinrich, last name, Darren Heinrich. Incredible. It might be called the Afrological Roots of Hammond Organ or something like that. And he talks about earlier Hammond periods too. And for me, it was, you know, because I had two lessons on Hammond organ. All of my training is on piano. So I kind of learned to play organ from playing it. I didn't really have any kind of formal instruction, which maybe I could have used, you know. But I had two lessons. I had one with Samuel Yehel and one with Larry Goldings, and they're both very brilliant. Yeah. Um, So, but anyway, I started to transcribe some of this period that we're talking about that I'm going to say 64 to 68, you know, because pretty soon after this, it starts to be kind of funky, you know, and he has keyboards and bass and stuff sometimes on recordings. But when I, I started to transcribe it and it was so hard that I farmed it out. I got a transcription company. Um, There was a very young guy who did it from some faraway country in a half an hour for me. (laughs) And I paid him 40 bucks and it's very accurate. Money well spent. And I slowed it down and I started to look, I have it right here, what's going on. And I can see, not that it's exactly what he's playing here, but I can see the shapes that he's kind of going for and they're kind of unusual. Um, Like on a blues form, not to get overly technical, but blues is 12 bars basically. Um, And the form repeats and the soloist will play over these chord changes Kind of the Charlie Parker bebop kind of take on these chord changes has a couple different um, chords than just regular blues that we know from plantation kind of blues. Um, And in bar, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In the eighth bar in an F blues, let's say, which is a very common thing for Jimmy Smith to play. There's an A half diminished chord and a D7 chord. The three, six, that's going to two, five, and one, if we're going to talk about it in Roman numeral uh, mm-hmm. analysis. Not now, something you're going to hear in a Muddy Waters song, or let's say. Or... In general, no, I think. Not that I'm expert about Muddy Waters, although I did play with Hubert for years. Oh, um, well, he did. He was not unsophisticated musician. He was super course. cool dude, too. Yeah. Um, but all of us, he would play a lot of gigs around town when he yeah. was here, you know. So um, anyway, um, over A half diminished in D, a lot of times he's arpeggiating on the A half diminished chord 
a G major triad, um, which does go over that chord kind of. But what happens next is the unusual part. He moves it down a half step and will play a G flat triad over the D7 chord, which is a dominant chord, but he's playing a major seven. It does have the third in there, but it's not a typical harmonic device to use over that chord, I would say. And this is almost one of the big things that he's doing all the time. And he resolves it down another half step when he plays G minor, which is the two chord and F triad. So you're hearing that a lot when he's doing these very fast up and down lines. Um, there are these triadic arpeggios, which sometimes fit over the chord and sometimes they're just kind of a shape that he's going for. Another thing that I hear him do a lot in this period is he's playing diminished symmetrical harmony, almost like John Coltrane would. Um, not to get too crazy about the technical things that are going on, but in the diminished scale, you can repeat a pattern every minor third up. So if you're doing it in C, you can do it in E flat, you can do it in G flat, and you can do it in A. And it has a kind of symmetry. It, it splits our octave in a way that's unusual for like the Johann Sebastian scales, which are not super symmetrical. They have different uh, half steps and whole steps. But in this symmetrical harmony, this is where John Coltrane is getting a lot of his ideas um, in the early 60s, maybe 1962, three on. And Jimmy Smith is definitely into that. He's also playing fourth oriented harmony, where instead of playing um, scales in thirds, he's playing them in fourths, like Larry Young would do. He doesn't do it exactly like Larry Young, but he will move them chromatically. So he's using all of these devices with his earlier period blues and bebop stuff that comes largely from Charlie Parker. And he's also doing things like sliding up and down the keys with his thumb, which you can do on a Hammond organ because it has a very, the keys are called waterfall keys. And you can kind of smush them down in a way that you can't really on a piano. Um, we even, he even sounds like Door, uh, Ray Manzarek of the yeah. Doors on yeah. like that first track. That could have been like a Doors yeah. jam. They're kind of like almost Summer of Love. Yeah, or like um, a beatles -y. Spanish Phrygian mode or you know yeah or Beatles kind of the so George Harrison very interesting to hear this guy that was really grits and gravy blues and bebop putting all of these different sounds into his playing in these years yeah he really he really does sound like he's hearing a lot of different things and responding to it and mm -hmm. bringing it with them this is my favorite period of him these years it's it is vibrant and a really good recording you made an interesting comment. It might sound at times like it's a little distorted. and It's hitting the Leslie hard and they're playing loud. I think these guys were, you know, they were not like uh, quiet, mousy, you know. And we were talking about the documentary, which is also amazing. My very good friend Austin Johnson hipped me to the documentary, which I've seen once before. There's a German documentary about Jimmy Smith. And maybe that's in 1964 and has the same band from the next next session that we're going to hear, actually. Um, uh, but you really get to get the vibe of how they are, and they're kind of wild, you know? And it sounds like that. Um, the guitar is a little bit out of tune, like they're going for it, you know? But, I mean, Donald Bailey's not a... I'll give the he's, trio. He's playing very... Yeah. yeah he's, he's holding it all together. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's giving them a little more room to... Mm -hmm. 
to go over the top. Uh, it's Jimmy Smith on the Hammond B3 organ, Nathan Page playing guitar, Donald Bailey on the drums. And I think for most, if not all, Jimmy Smith recorded in a lot of different formats. I, touring, I think it was pretty much always this format of trio. Maybe with Stanley sometimes or yes. saxophone. Now, when I saw him, he was with Stanley Turrentine. I only saw him one time at the Blue Note, but it was a great show. And uh, is Phil Upchurch the guitarist? He's a great guitarist, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. played guitar. Chicago. Tommy Campbell played drums, and Stanley played saxophone. Wow. And that was a great show. And I sat right in front of him so I could see the pedals. He also had a very interesting pedal technique, you know. Everybody kind of has a different way they play the pedals. Like they say, Groove Home would just stomp on all of them. Um, Jimmy Smith would tap on the B in the middle register of the pedals. And organists know this. That note is very resonant for some reason. I'm not sure of the harmonic principle that makes that so. But if you're just lightly touching the pedals when you get to the B right in the middle of the pedal board... It's more resonant than the other mm. ones. So he would be kind of bouncing on that B, and then he would just go to a couple black keys up and a couple black keys down, and he would keep it really tight in there. You know, He would play um, full pedals on a ballad. I didn't see him play a ballad at the Blue Note. He played a very short set. He only played like 40 minutes. Mm. And I remember he was sounding like this, and he got done with a song, and he said, did that sound pretty good? I thought that sound pretty good. <laughs> it's so funny how those little moments stay with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. He would hang up at Smoke, though, a lot, and we would see him there. I never really saw him play there, but he would hang at the bar a lot, which is a great organ room, you know. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. He, well, whatever else he was... Anybody who spent some time with him will tell you he was he was quite a character. Yeah, had a uh, made reference in that little thing I sent out about his the life force. Uh huh. He was a black belt too. Oh right, yeah. Maybe yeah. Shotokan or something like respect. He's on the cover with black belt. So yeah, I'm sure you didn't want to say the wrong thing. You know? <laughs> no, definitely not. Wow. Okay, this is what we do. It's deep focus. We, I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, and we have a guest comes into the studio. So happy to have Brian Charette here with me. We've done a few of these, and we, uh, the guest picks a topic, and I go deep diving for archival recordings, and we hit it out of the park here, especially uh, Jimmy Smith played and recorded for, what, five decades? Yeah. And uh, we landed right in this sweet spot where it's fall of 1968 right now. We're at Sal Playel, a beautiful, proper European concert hall in Paris. And uh, it's a great night. Nathan Page on guitar, Donald Bailey on the drums, Jimmy Smith playing that Hammond B3. And um, what else? Should we, should we jump back in? Where are we going in the set? Maybe you should just keep playing it. I like it. I like it. What, what, what's coming up? C.C. Ryder. Beautiful. Beautiful. Spelled S E E S E E. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the only way. That's the only way. It's Deep Focus. Mitch Goldman with Brian Shred on WKCR.
WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD1.
That's live music that you have never heard from the, the incredible Jimmy Smith. He's not just fantastic. He's not just marvelous. He's incredible. That was the nickname that he was known widely under and deservedly at this time. The show's called Deep Focus, and Jimmy Smith as a topic was chosen by our guest, Brian Charette. Hey. Hoo-ha. Hoo-ha. We're, uh, we're, I, I hope you're having the same experience with this that we're having in the studio. Well, uh, as besides loving to see you, because we've been friends for 30 years, yes, haven't we? we? Have. Or yes, 28 we have. years. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So... Um, I love to be in any kind of studio, a radio studio, a recording studio. It's it's like my favorite part about music, really. You know, the, I think it was may have been the last time we saw each other was uh, another special occasion when you were playing with Joey D. Francesco, which was such uh, a delight. Poor Joey, yeah. I yeah, what a loss. Yeah, and talk about a, someone who knew a lot about Jimmy Smith. You know, so I. You know, and this this is, I call Joey D. Francesco the greatest Hammond organist that ever lived. I do. Wow. Because Jimmy Smith definitely um, came up with this style of playing, and of course the people before him were really groundbreaking. But uh, I never saw or heard anyone like Joseph play the organ, you know. And we became really good friends, especially in the last year of his life. We were working together a lot, and we're going to do There's some a deep things. focus from Monday, January 9th, 2023. This is part one, Brian Charette, on the topic of Jimmy Smith. And we go into quite a bit of conversation about uh, Joey Francesco coming right up, and then a ton of other great Jimmy Smith music. So definitely pop over to part two. And I got one thing I'm going to ask of you. I feel like we're friends. You know, we love the same kind of music and uh, we spend all this time together. Can you tell somebody about this show? That'd be great. Or if you're a little shy, if you're like, my friends aren't that cool, um, go on, subscribe to the program and Whatever app you use to do that, we're on Apple Music, we're on uh, or Apple Podcasts, I guess, Google, but most of them. Um, give us five stars, like it up. It's a little tricky, actually, getting into in the app to rate stuff, but really would make a big difference uh, trying to get on the radar over there so more people will know about the show. As you know, we're giving it all away, no advertising or anything, so you are a part of this. You're in it with us. You can also email me at uh, deepfocusnow at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, Deep Focus Podcast. Deep Focus Podcast on Instagram. Uh, deep underscore focus underscore podcast. And uh, join the conversation. All right. See you over at part two. <laughs> 